Fork podcast. My name is Graham Falk, and today we'll be joined by James Richards from the D3, D4 football podcast to assess the new season in League One, which begins on Saturday. Well, first and foremost, James, how are you doing, mate? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's uh, nice, albeit via streaming, to have football back. Um, let's just hope, yeah, let's just hope that we have a season better than last year in terms of one that is completed and avoids all the sort of controversies that we had to start it. I mean, I think one thing uh, that I've said on all all our podcasts is that I hope all fans kind of don't allow the current situation that we're seeing with Wigan, with Charlton, that we saw with Berry, to become the no- the new normal. Yeah. Um, you know, we as fans, this you know, we're all our clubs are just one bad owner away from a similar fate. So we need to put pressure on the powers that be running the game, whether it be the EFL, the FA, to you know get their get their acting gear. Um, you know, have independent bodies that do the, the correct checks on the uh, owners that are potentially going to be taking over the football clubs that we love. Maybe having football clubs uh, put in as community assets under a special, you know, like a, a special law that you see yeah. charity status given, and also. You know, I, I know it's uh, currently very legal to do so, to sell your own stadium to another company owned by the same owner as your football club for getting around financial fair play and all this sort of stuff. But I don't think a football club should ever be allowed to be removed from its stadium unless there is a new stadium being built and the selling of the old one is is part of the refinancing to do that. I think that's the only situation where I think you should see that happen. So a lot of things in football at the moment that I think all fans should be quite concerned about, but also be quite vocal about. Yeah. You know, as, as a united body, I know fans have rivalries and stuff, but we have to unite on this because it's all our clubs that are going to be potentially um, at, at huge risk. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. I think because of the situation with COVID, I wouldn't say it's forgotten, but like the start of the season was chaotic. I mean, countdowns on Sky Sports for like whether Bolton and, and Bury were going to go out of out of business. And the fact that it got there, you it kind of shocked you that it happened with Bury. And now we look at this season and you've got, like you said, Wigan and Charlton. We're going to assess them today, but can we really assess them? I mean, you're doing a League One, two seasons in a row, and you've got four teams there where you can't really assess what they're going to be like on the field because you're worried if they're going to actually exist. It's Yeah, I echo everything that you've just said, mate, 100%. Well, we, we all want football to be decided by what takes place on the grass, not what happens in courtrooms. And I think yeah. it, it ruins it ruins the integrity of the sport. You know, we had the situation last season where obviously Barry were kicked out and then Bolton played kids for the first few games, which means that whoever played them in those first few games were, apart from Coventry, who will feel, and we'll remind them about it, were, were unlucky <laughs> not to beat them. But I mean, you know, everybody else um, had to play a, a sort of much stronger side. So it, it really does question in, integrity of sport, etc. It's not It's not what we want to see. No, not at all. And hopefully we don't. And hopefully it gets sorted out for the clubs like Wigan and, and Charlton very much. So um, what we're going to do is we kind of talked about our players. We're going to go through each club individually, give a bit of an assessment on where we think they'll finish their summer business um, so far, because obviously the window's open until October. But we're going in alphabetical order. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but we come to Accrington first. Uh, what do you assess of Accrington over the, the summer and last season? And where do you think they'll finish? It's been a, it's been a quiet summer for Atkinson yeah. and I think that's always a good thing I mean I know they lost Jordan Clark and I mm-hmm. I don't think we can understate how important he was to their team um, a really good player probably you know, in, certainly in some of the stats the best player in, in League One last season um, yeah. you know he's he's got his move to Luton I think he'll do fantastically well there but this is a John Coleman side and we know what we'll get with them which is you know uh, 
good signings, solid recruitment of players that probably most people haven't heard of. He'll get loans in. He'll get players from non-league. Um, you said Colby Bishop last season was was a huge success story, and they and they needed him because of course they lost sadly lost Billy Key, whose mental health uh, issues meant that he had to retire from professional football. Um, and so Colby Bishop came in and stepped up really well. And John Coleman gets them playing a, a good style of football. Um, they're a really well well run club, and this is the kind of model that we want to see. Uh, their chairman Andy Holt is very active on social media. I'm sure Sunderland fans will know all about him. Um, yep, yep. You know, and he, and, you know, whether or not you agree with everything he says, he has the best intentions uh, for football at, at his heart. And I think, you know, listening to what he says and enacting some of his ideas would would go a long way to protecting the game. Obviously, um, the salary cap will will play into the hands of clubs like Accrington uh, rather than Sunderland. But mm-hmm. um, I think looking at the way clubs were going it was needed but anyway back to back to football I mean they're a great team they're really well run, run side Callum Johnson is a, is a star at the a sort of right back who I think will increase uh, his his talent and his and his value to them this year probably will end up being sold they've signed um, a few unknown loan players from my eyes I mean Matt Butcher Tom Allen and Ryan Casty come from Watford Bournemouth and Newcastle respectively again these are and obviously Mo Sangari as well from Newcastle so these are decent loan signings um that I'm sure John Conwell knows will be able to give him something. Um, and he'll probably, I mean, I think clubs like sending their players to Accrington because they can develop them and increase their value as we've seen. But yeah. uh, it's Cameron Burgess is a good centre-back. Whether or not he's good enough for, for League One, I, d- I don't know. But it's, we know what we're getting here. And I think Accrington will have a, a fairly stable season, um, should stay up again. They won't pull up any trees because, you know, they are what they are as a club, and it's amazing that they've got to this level. But mm-hmm. you know, I think you find I find it hard to, to dislike anything they do. To be honest, I feel the same with Accrington. I mean, I tipped them actually to go down last year, um, and you know, I, I looked at what I was thinking: oh, will, will Accrington be down or not? And I'm looking at like sort of twentieth, nineteenth. But they always they, they always punch above their weight and survive. Like like you say, the recruitment's great. Colby Bishop was one. I think he he got his first goal against Sunderland in the Carabao Cup, I think it was last year, and you could just see like he, I think he signed from Limington Spot. You could yeah, just see right. like instantly he was someone that was just going to fit into a their style of play and, and B was going to score goals. And I don't think you can overestimate, um, sorry, underestimate how much losing someone like Billy Key to a club like Accrington is as a player. I mean, obviously we understand why, why he has and, you know, fair play and good luck to him. But I think Cobby Bishop stepped up really well because he's still a young boy. So there's still more to come from him. And obviously you've got Ross Sykes at the back as well. I think Ross Sykes is a great player. Um, I think, again, I don't think they'll pull up any trees, but yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think they'll stay up say 18th, 19th, but I won't put my, I won't put up, I won't put a position on it because I always get that wrong. But um, the next team we've got that we've come to is, Blackpool, who I think will be a very interesting side this season. What do you think? Yeah, um, Neil Critchley has has had his first full summer. He's a coach that comes with hugely, a hugely enhanced reputation for his time at Liverpool at youth levels. Um, He plays football the right way, and I think that will be something appealing to Blackpool fans after having to put up with, I suppose is the way I put it, Simon Grayson. Um, I'm sure Sunderland fans will remember him not so fondly. for his time at the stadium, <laughs> if you like. But this, the recruitment's been quite interesting. I mean, he's gone and, and looked at the kind of technically good players that played in the division below, Keshi Anderson, 
uh, part of the Swindon promotion team, as was Jerry Yates last season. CJ Hamilton, yeah. obviously, from Mansfield. Um, and the one that I really like and who I watched tons of football, uh, played tons of football last season down at Crawley was Bez Labala, um, who is kind of, a, I mean, he's he's not really a striker, but he's more of an inside forward, comes in off the off the left-hand side, scored their famous goal against Norwich, which... Uh, which uh, got them through into that uh, in that cup run where they they dismantled uh, I think and were good for the win against Norwich actually and and they beat Stoke on, on penalties as well so they had a, a good season with him so I, I really am looking forward to to seeing how he does a few question marks maybe over whether they are too top heavy um, I mean they did sign Marvin Epiteta from Leighton Orient he's a a young defender with some promise but is he going to be enough to to guard them defensively. I'm, I'm not so sure, but I, I would put this aside very seriously in the playoff hunt. I mean, the fact they let Ryan Hardy go to Plymouth is a testament to what they feel they can do going forward. Los Angele, of course. Um, big loss, yeah. Yeah, big loss. I mean, I think he ended up going abroad, actually. Um, yeah, he did. Right. Turkey, I think. I think he's gone to the second division in Turkey. I could be wrong with that, but I'm sure that's, uh, sure that's where he went in the end. Yeah, I think so. I did. I sort of saw that and I thought that was a strange one because I'm sure he could have got a championship club actually um, in this country if, he, if his agent had been any good, but you know, it, each to their own. And yeah, so I expect them to set up with with a, a really sort of attacking, entertaining style of play. And it's a little bit of an unknown because they've done such a lot of recruitment. I think when you have this much churn, it's always difficult to know how a, a club will settle, but they've looked good yeah. in pre-season. Um, Ethan Robson, of course, Sunderland yeah. uh, cast off going there. And I think he, he did quite well at Grimsby. Uh, so it'd be good to see how he does in League One with a team um, who are a bit more technically advanced than the Mariners. And uh, yeah, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to Blackpool this season. Uh, like I said, I think they'll finish in the, around the playoff places. Yeah, and I think, you know, with Blackpool, I think the same as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they jumped into like fifth or sixth because... I think because of everything that's happened with Blackpool around in their surrounding their owners previously last season, the fact that that's now changed, <clears throat> it feels like, and I think it's important to have a good feel around the club a lot of the time. And it definitely feels from the Blackpool fans I've seen on Twitter and the Blackpool fans I know that there is something there that it just feels a bit more positive. People obviously can't go to the games at the moment, but there's a lot more people interested because they back the regime or they like the regime. Um, and I think Ethan Robson's, if he can perform the level, he, well, if he can stay injury free and he can perform the level he has done when we've seen him on the pitch for Sunderland, I think it'd be a great signing. And I think obviously with Critchley coming from Liverpool, you've got a style of player that he'll implement there, which if it works, they're going to be one of the most attractive sides to watch. And they weren't a bad side in it in the first place. Obviously, they didn't do too well under Grayson. I think that one, I think he went in about December, January time. But if you look at Critchley coming in, he did all right last season towards the back end. Not perfect, but not bad. They've recruited not so bad. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. There's a few players that have come from other clubs and things like that. But I would be I would be surprised if they went in and around the playoffs. I'm with you on that, absolutely 100 um, percent yeah. The next team we've got is probably well, our first opponent, Sunderland's first opponents on Saturday. Uh Bristol Rovers. Um, they've lost probably their best player, but I was speaking to a, a Bristol Rovers fan and he he was disappointed Johnson uh, Johnson Clark Harris is gone, but he said with the way that Ben Garner is playing, he didn't really fit into it. But, but what do you think of Bristol Rovers losing Clark Harris? Um, I'm surprised it took that long, actually. I was yeah. expecting him to go far sooner than he did. Uh, the fact he's gone to a League One rival might rankle a little bit with Bristol yeah. Rovers fans. Um, but, you know, they'll probably get a good fee and I would imagine there'll be some sort of sell-on clause 
uh, or, or bonus rather for, for if Peter would go up, as a lot of people expect them to do, uh, then there'll be more money coming to the Bristol Rovers coffers, which is which is good. Um, I don't, to be honest, the squad is good. It's a good enough squad for League One easily. It's there's question marks over Ben Garner. That's the problem here. Yeah, is he good enough to? lead this team is he strong enough as a character to lead this team because it's an interesting transition going from the likes of Daryl Clark and Graham Coughlin who are very big personalities quite demanding to a, a more uh, softly spoken and perhaps technically um, demanding coach like Ben Gardner and I'm not sure it always works um, it's hard to judge him though on last season he had that period of time away for personal reasons and I thought the club were very good to give him that yeah, um, you know, given how ruthless football can be, that was a good move from their part. So, you know, credit where credit's due. In terms of the transfer business, Jack Baldwin, um, you'll know quite well. He's come in centre back. Max Irma is going to be their captain. Obviously, did really well for Gillingham last season. Yeah, Zane Westbrook's the the sort of the standout one in terms of a technically gifted midfielder, good young player. Um, will they get enough goals? Yeah, that's the hard thing to to sort of equate at the moment. So time will tell, I think, with Bristol Rovers. I'm not completely sold on them. Um, but, you know, they're one of these teams that could finish anywhere you feel from sort of 10th down to down to maybe 20th. I mean, it's yeah. very hard to place them. Quite easily. I think with Bristol Rovers as well, the first thing you see is goals. Obviously, previously, you'd see Jobson, Clark Harris, and you'd be like, well, there's, you know, one of the best strikers in the league, if not the best. Um, but then you look at who they've got now, and there's there's not much if we're honest, but then you look at who they've brought in, like I said before, Jack Baldwin. Baldwin was, for me, not a bad player. I think he was a bit harshly treated. He had a, a bad game against Coventry and that was it. He was he was gone forevermore. But there was times when he didn't do what he... He didn't perform in front of a big crowd. Expectations seemed to... Um, big games like Portsmouth, Coventry, he just seemed to, to wilt, but... All in all, he actually wasn't too bad. And he's, he's quite a good ball-playing defender. Um, they brought in Martinez as well, the young boy from West Brom. But they've also brought in Sam Nicholson from Colorado, who used to be at, at Hearts. Now, he's approaching, I think, 25. He was a good young player when he was at Hearts. But does he bring the same goal threat that, you know, a centre-forward that scored the best part of 15, 20 goals this season? No. So, again, if they bring a centre-forward in, like I said, there is a good team there. I think if they bring someone in alongside what they've got currently, they should be fine because as a team that, you know, they're all right. Um, but obviously losing someone like that, in my opinion, is a big loss. But Bristol Rovers fans will probably be able to tell me how big of a loss that is and, and where they think they can go moving forward. Uh, the next team is one that's lost a long-term manager, um, brought in someone obviously vastly inexperienced. Burton, uh, Jake Buxton's obviously taken over. It seems... They're in a period of transition, for want of a better word, but I'm a bit worried for Burton. What do you think? It all depends, doesn't it, on how Jake Buxton does? Because, you know, yeah. we've seen managers um, have really good first season. I think there's a lot of question marks around Russell Martin at MK Dons last season, who was in a similar position, stepping up from a, a coaching role at the club um, and a, indeed a playing role at the club to become their manager. And he did really well. So um, it could be it could go either way. Um, in terms of the technicality of the squad, I mean, Michael Boswick's a great defender to have signed, vastly yeah. experienced, just what you need. Neil Erdley, you'll know exactly what you're getting with him. Great set, great set piece deliveries. Uh, Luke Varney um, was excellent for Cheltenham last year. I mean, he had a, a bit of a knee operation just to, to sort out a bit of cartilage issue. I mean, but he should be fit enough to 
to, to make a big impact and at least give his experience to some of the younger players there. Charles Vernon's an interesting signing. Um, he didn't, you know, he, he came from Derby, went to Grimsby, was sort of in and out the side. I think he actually went on loan to, was it to Chorley, uh, where he did really well and then comes back to Grimsby and, and continues that form. Um, and uh, and then leaves after, you know, I think they offered him a new contract and, um, he, you know, he scored that sensational goal against Colchester, albeit Colchester fans will bemoan the defending on it. But, you know, he's a good technical player. Stephen Lawless has come in. So they've got a squad there that should should be able to achieve top half. I'd be very surprised to see them do any more than that. Uh, but you always have question marks, don't you, of a, a new manager. So uh, an interesting transitional period for the club. The only thing I'd say with Burton is they've brought in um, Stephen Lawless and also Ken Hemmings as well from Dundee. But um, Lawless came from Livingston. Now, Lawless is 29, so he's he's at a good age, but he had a great season last season with Livingston. And I think people are quite surprised that he went to a club like Burton because the way they are at the moment, and no disrespect to Burton, but the way they are at the moment, they don't. it didn't seem like a progressive move because Livingston obviously a well-run club in, in Scotland. And I think there's a few clubs that were looking at him. Um, so I'm surprised he's went there, but... Sometimes, you know, when a player is on form, he can lift the whole club. So potentially, you know, even with a new manager, Lawless is a, a good signing. Ken Hemmons is good. He used to be at Rangers when he was younger. Um, I think he played a few at Oxford times. Oxford as well. Yes, he was at Oxford very much. So no, you are right, actually. Um, and he's got potential there. I mean, if he went there and scored only five goals, it wouldn't surprise me. But if he scored 15, it wouldn't either. He's one of those strikers. Um, the next one's probably the, the biggest the biggest talking point so far is Charlton. Um, obviously, they've beat my side twice in the playoffs. So, not my favourite club in the world, but I, I hate what's happening to them at the moment. But um, do you think if everything's okay, they can have a promotion push and go straight back up? Potentially. Um, because they've, side, got, aren't they? they've got a good... I mean, apart from defence, where they are very short, um, you know, I think Adam Matthews will, <laughs> will come back now. Tom Lockie's gone to Luton. But... They have got a very good squad of players. Um, Macaulay Bond obviously scored loads of goals for Lake Norrin and he's still there um, yep. as a striker option. You know, they've got um, some, some. I mean, Alex Gilby, how they signed him. He was easily the best player for MK Dons last season. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a Rolls-Royce in midfield. So great, great signing, really good. And they actually paid a fee for him, which is interesting given the financial... Yeah uncertainty surrounding club. Connor Washington is a solid addition as well. Uh, not everyone is is not everyone is keen on him, I suppose, but I think he's a good player to have at this level. And the, and you know the biggest um character and the biggest and most important man at that club is is Lee Bowyer. As long Absolutely. as you keep Lee Lee Bowyer, you know, you've always got a chance because he's an excellent man manager. He has the fans backing 100 percent and the players like playing for him. So uh, and Charlton will always bring through some Really good young players. Albie Morgan's uh, a name I'd mentioned who I, I was very impressed with a couple of seasons ago when they when they're in League One, um, and he should, given the situation at the club, be given a lot more time to to play. You know, they've got Lapsley as well. I mean, they've got some good young players. So, I, I if they can get um, a deal sorted, get a takeover done, and maybe defensively strengthen, um, then I think Charles should be. You know, I mean, we'd have them as a probably have them as a top six side if it wasn't for all the uncertainty off the field. So Charlton, um, I think they're, one of the, they're going to survive. I know they've lost Lyle Taylor before they got relegated, but they're going to survive that because of Macaulay Bond. But you touched on before about them strengthening at the back. 
they lost Tom uh, Lockyer, haven't they? And also Navi Sarr's gone as well. Um, yeah, and Pierce is injured as well. So they, I think yeah. they've only got two. Uh, if Adam Matthews comes back, that's three. But they, you know, they're very short. They've got Pennington and um, and Oshilaja. So you know, they, they, they need to strengthen there. To be honest, I think they will. I think. I mean, obviously, there's so much stuff to sort out. But I remember, obviously, we played them first game of the season when we came down from League One, and as came down from the Championship. Sorry, but with Chalk, I remember thinking, oh, they signed no one, they're going to struggle. And all of a sudden, they signed a few players and they were absolutely fine and went up. Um, I think if there's, you're touching on Lee Boyer before, if there's one player you want, or one manager you want, sorry, to sort of unite your side and have almost like a siege mentality, it's probably Lee Boyer at this level, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's just he's synonymous with the club and um, has the fans what support 100%. So, and he, you know, the fact he hasn't left already is a testament to his loyalty, to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with you on that 100%. Um, another interesting one, a club I'm actually really looking forward to seeing, uh, not least because I've played football manager with them far too much, but crew. Um, I think they're going to be all right, aren't they? Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine at this level. And I think, um, importantly, they've, they've picked up three signs. The last, you know, they've signed Ofrandi Santala. We know he's a good player from his time at Accrington. Yep. Um, Mikhail Mandron comes in to give much needed support for Chris Porter up front. But in the place where you sort of looked and thought, well, they've lost, they've lost Paul Green in midfield. Where's their experience? They've got Luke Murphy back at the club. So he was an academy player. Obviously, he went off to have a better career um, elsewhere. Now he's back. So that's a really good signing. But Dervon Daniels and Omar Beckles, two top, top signings for this. And, and I think, honestly, they're game changers for the club because that's their weakest area. They needed some physicality. You know, no disrespect to, to Luke Offord or, or Michael Nottingham or any of the guys that are playing centre-back from last season. I think... They did really well considering um, Eddie Nolan got injured. Um, but now they've got some some depth, some choice uh, and some strength. And, you know, when they played Northampton, their lack of physicality really was a weakness. I think they've improved in that area. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them pushing at the right end of the table because as a technical side, I mean, they they, they easily beat Bolton in a pre-season friendly. And I know you shouldn't read too much into that, but, you know, we know that they're a technically gifted team. Tom, uh, Tom Larry. Brilliant player, Ryan Winter, excellent. Perry and G, Harry Pickering. I mean, they've kept the side together. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the right end of the table again. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said before, a really good technical side. You know, when you look at like the players they've got, Pickering, Harry Pickering have always been impressed with great delivery as well. Um, Kirk as well, Ryan Winter also there. But I think the players have added to it are just going to enhance them. You're absolutely right. I think Mandron last season, I was actually quite surprised left Gillingham because the last game I was at before lockdown, uh, Sunderland game anyway, Mandron scored twice and caused us so many problems um, with Gillingham because obviously he was at Sunderland and he didn't really do much here, but it was a different club uh, and we were in a very different league. But he looks really well suited to this league and he's really physical, really physical. So he'll give a bit of hand up top as well. well they've got a good manager as well, haven't they? And Dave Artel, uh, he's really well liked, really highly rated. Yeah, he's an intelligent guy. I've, I've met him and I've interviewed him. And yeah, he, yeah he, he's very engaging, very honest and and he's good with his young players. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a great club. Um, and, a, and a sort of a model for others to follow. Do you think that it's too ambitious to think they could be pushing for playoffs? I don't think it's too ambitious. I think, you know, you've got to be um, optimistic of your crew. I think given the way that they played in League Two and given that two seasons ago we saw Barnsley uh, and, and Luton, I mean, Luton, an example, um, they they bossed League Two. Um, 
playing great football. Crew did that last year, so why not? Why can't they go on and have a great season at this level? They're a very united side. They know how they play and they've got a, a core group who have been together for many, many years. So, yeah, I absolutely think they, they could do that and they really should be aiming to go as high as they can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another club that seems to be always there or thereabouts and have a, a great manager, in my opinion, and Darren Moore is uh, Doncaster Rovers. Um, but they haven't really... They've added a few, but nothing that stands out to me. So I'm, I'm a bit concerned, but at the same time, I, I know they have such a good manager and a relatively decent team anyway. But do you think Doncaster Rovers can put themselves back into playoff contention this year? I'd be surprised if they didn't. I think uh, Ed Williams is an understated signing from Kidderminster. A lot of mm-hmm. people liked to, liked him, uh, so I'd, I'd say keep an eye on him. Cameron John coming back on on a permanent deal from Wolves is um, a superb addition. And they still have James Coppinger. They still have Ben Whiteman. Um, you know, whether they'll get enough goals, will they? Won't they? I mean, I think in Okinabiri, uh, Fajiri Okinabiri, who they signed obviously from Shrewsbury, who played non-league with Dagenham. I mean, he's a great finisher. So give him enough chances to score. Um, and, and they'll have a striker that can probably, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he got 20 goals this season if they if they give him the service. So I, I'm keen on this team. Um, I know they lost you know, Kieran Sadlier, but yeah. um, and they lost John Marquez the season before. They, they they will be there or thereabouts. I mean, they're a good team. Um, one who should certainly be looking in and around the playoff places um, with, with given the squad that they've got. Obviously, Whiteman as well. Um, I think it, at this level as well, even if you do lose players like Sadlier, having a good recruitment, which they always seem to have done, they've always brought in decent players. I mean, Sadlier was obviously brought over from Cork, I think it was, originally. So I think Darren Moore is a great manager as well. I honestly think, I've said, I think they'll finish about seventh. But again, it's another club that if they get into the playoffs, you're not going to be surprised because they recovered quite well from losing like Marcus last season. I know they, they dropped, but I think they finished eighth or ninth. And I think people expected them to drop a lot further than that, didn't they? Yeah, they had a good season. I mean, you know, the fact that they've got James Coppinger still being brilliant at the age of, I think he's 39, maybe. So, yeah. great player. Yeah, yeah. And he does it every year as well. He's one of the most consistent, I think it's, 14, 15 years he's been at Donny now and he's never really not had a good season. Um, I think it was only, what, two seasons ago where he was like top of the assist league with about 19 assists at the age of 37. So, yeah, I don't think we can count Don Castro at all. Um, the next club that comes up is a club that I absolutely love to hate, but yeah, I suppose that's a compliment. Fleetwood, um, I think they could do it this year. Yeah, I mean... As long as they don't have the sort of self-destruct uh, episodes that they saw in the playoff first leg against Wickham where they just lack discipline. Their goalkeeper, uh, Alex Cairns, had a nightmare. I mean, he's a good keeper, don't get me wrong. He, he just had a nightmare. Uh, but yes, I mean, they're a stable side. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how they cope with the salary cap at the end of the current sort of... When, when the current crop of players' contracts run down that's when they could have a few problems because I think they've got quite a few who will be on um, substantial money looking at the amount of losses that they've accrued um, recently. But I mean, you know, whether you like or loathe him, Joe Barton has proven himself to be an adequate manager, if not, if not a very good one at this level over the last couple of years, Jordan Rossiter joining from Rangers is is great. Callum Camps is a technically gifted player from Rochdale. Uh, Joel Coleman is a good goalkeeper. Um, You know, so they, they do have strength in depth. Defensively, Harry Suter gone. Can they replace him? I think they probably need to. 
but they do have they do have a, a, a good side, a good squad of players, and they have people who will score them goals in Chet Evans and Paddy Madden. So I would be surprised if they weren't in and around those playoff places again. I, again, difficult to know which Fleetwood will turn up, but um, stability, I think, in these uncertain times will, will put them in good stead. Yeah, I think the big thing with them as well is that they've got Paddy Madden, who's like a goal machine and has been for seasons on end. And obviously, Chad Evans knows where the net is as well. But I think Callum Camps is actually really good signing. Um, he had a couple of quiet years at Rochdale. I'm pretty sure he had an injury at some point, but he had a really good season last season, didn't he? Especially at the start, he looked really dangerous at the start. I think he, I think he equaled his goal tally from the season previous within about five games. Yeah, no, he's he's a te- he's a technical player, and I think they would have kept him if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, they just they didn't offer any of their out of contract players new deals, and I think that's a sign of how tough the uh, environment is for some of these teams at the moment. Yeah, next club that comes up is Gillingham, who I think I'm I'm really intrigued by Gillingham because for some reason I I just thought they'd be I thought they'd disappear last year. I thought they've lost way too many players. They've lost their goalkeeper. They've lost their centre forward. This year, they've lost, obviously, Max Aimer, who's their captain. Um, but they, they keep seem to they seem to have something about them, Gillingham, since Evans has gone there, which I don't know if it's a popular thing to say, and they've signed really well. Um, Jordan Graham, Dempsey, uh, Robbie McKenzie. I wouldn't be surprised if they add a striker to their team, if they can actually push for the playoffs. But I think they need a striker to push for the playoffs. What do you think? Uh, I'd probably, to be honest, I disagree slightly about this needing a striker. I think if you've got John Akinde and, and Verdane Oliver, um, you, you know, at, with the likes of of Carl Dempsey in midfield supporting and Jordan Graham, you know, Brandon Hannon's a good player all, already there. I mean, I, I think they're they're equipped enough to to challenge for the players to, as long as they, as long as their defence can can gel quickly because it's a young defence this year. Um, Conor Ogilvie is is a is a very important player for them now because I think yeah. if, if you've got Zach Medley coming in from Arsenal, technically he looks very good, comes out with the ball well, um, you know, and they've got um, their other their other youngster whose names escape me at the moment, um, centre back who, who was good last oh, season, and Jack Tucker. Jack Tucker, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's excellent, but he's still young, and you know they will make mistakes. So that's the only questionable area. Maybe they need a bit more depth in central midfield. Not too sure, but. You know, in terms of up front, you know, you've got very physical players uh, with with people like Brandon Handen who are a little bit quicker and, and offer a different option. This is a very interesting side. And like you say, I think lots of people are intrigued to see how the duels do this year. I think Steve Evans is not universally popular, mostly because of the way he acts on the touchline. But as a, as a manager in terms of recruitment and players like playing for him, clearly, yeah. Um, you know, he could do well and I'd like to see Gillingham do well this season. Yeah, I've got a few friends who are Jill's fans so I'm exactly the same as long as it's not at our at our expense. But um, yeah, they, they do really intrigue me. I think Steve Evans, I've had um, David Norris on the show previously who played under him at Boreham Wood, like right at the beginning. He said, no, I didn't understand or didn't see how he would ever get to the level he's at and, and kind of achieve what he's achieved. But obviously he's done something since those early days of like non-league and evidently he has. I mean, a few Gillingham friends that I've got, they kind of weren't enthused by his appointment at all. And now they, they kind of were totally swung around by him. And again, he's he signed really well. Um, I, I, again, I know obviously you said John Akinde. I do worry a little bit, but I don't know if that's more because 
they had someone like Tom Eves who scored so many, but they actually recovered quite well last year, didn't they? And John Akinde is going to get his first full season because he only signed him in the January. So yeah, that that's another one that. It, but again, it's it's a club where if they finish fifteenth or they finished fifth off top, it's it's League One, isn't it? Sometimes you just don't know where it's going to land. But I'm really intrigued by Gillingham this year. Yeah, I'd see them putting um, putting in as good a performance as last season, if not slightly better. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, um, Hull City next club, obviously. Did a bit of a Sunderland plummet and done the leagues. I actually thought they would, despite everything that's going on with them and the fact that the mood around the club's not great and McCann's not exactly universally liked at all, I kind of thought they would go up first or second. But then I watched them on Saturday against Sunderland and I know they beat us on penalties, but they, they were awful. They really weren't that good at all. But is that just a, because it was basically glorified pre-season? Do you think they are going to be up there, there and thereabouts? Uh, no, I'd, I'd be surprised. I think, they're, they're, don't get me wrong, the recruitment's been all right. I think um, Alfie Jones, is, who was excellent for Gillingham last year, is a great signing, as is yeah. Greg Doherty, um, who, <coughs> frankly, is probably the best bit of business they've done. Don't Josh Emanuel, um, yeah. you know, I thought Josh Emanuel probably gave Denver whom a, as good a game as anyone will give him this season. I think Denver's a very quick player. Um, you know, but Josh sort of, I think, maybe had the, slightly the better of that battle um, on the weekend Louis Cole we know about him obviously good player at Fleetwood last few seasons so they've got the the kind of the recruitment's ro- the right idea players who've done it and, and been there and done it at this level um, but not too old not past it um, but you say the mood is different, difficult at the club uh, Grant McCann maybe not that popular it, it, there's a lot of ibs and buts and uh, question marks still about this side I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they did well but equally I, I would be more more sort of leaning towards a mid-table finish for them this season. Yeah, I don't know, because I took them for, for second before Saturday. Um, but then I don't know how much of that was based on me just looking at their their side. And I see like a lot of good League One players, but then we had a whole guest on last week and, and he was, it's very rare you'll get a guest on that says the team's going to get beaten. He was like, oh, I think we'll get beat 2-1 from Sunderland, so on and so forth. And you could just tell the mood was not maybe where you wanted it to be. So... And like I said before, mood's massive at a club. It's so, so important. Um, look at Blackpool. It's gone from being like mid-table to we're talking about them potentially being in the playoffs. Um, and on paper, Hull probably have the better team. You know, with Honeyman there as well. Obviously good League One players, but I suppose that's going to be another intriguing one for all the wrong reasons, probably, just to see where they're going to end up. Because if they win the league or finish 10th, it's going to be surprising. But a club that did what they did last year, um, Ipswich, yeah. Really interesting. I don't think it's gone quite as they planned, has it? We've got a bit of Sunderland about them. Do you think they can turn it around? Uh, I'm, I'm more confident that they will, just because the quality they have in the team. Um, you know, this this saga with James Nord isn't there. Whether they keep him or not, I mean, they've got. I don't get why you would get rid of a player like James Nord. Um, I can't believe that he is problematic off the pitch, particularly um, whether it's wanting to cash in on him. Don't really know, to be honest. But I mean, yeah. the signings they've made, David Cornell, I'd say he's a solid keeper. Um, Stephen Ward is a veteran who will add to the squad in terms of experience. Ollie Hawkins, I think, is a better signing than a lot of people give credit for because there's not many players that have given Rob Dickey um, a really tough time in League One in the last couple of seasons. But Ollie Hawkins did. Um, my dad and I went down to Fratton Park to watch Oxford get beat 4-1 there. And he was absolutely bossing the attack. And... That will be that will allow players like Alan Judge, uh, Flynn Downs, people to feed off him, 
And that's what Ipswich need, a focal point, someone to hold the ball up, someone who can they, they can build their attacks around. If they've got Caden Jackson staying, then they've got players who will be able to feed off that. And um, I'm more confident about them perhaps this season than I was even last. I think uh, the only question marks perhaps remain over Lambert and, you know, the fact that he, he, he was... He oversaw a real bad slide, didn't he? Um, Awful, and yeah. In the midst of that, he got a five-year new deal. So, yeah, not not usual, not the usual practice, and uh, not one the fans are very very happy about. I don't think. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre because obviously they. I actually tipped them to win the league last year, which tells you everything that I know. Um, but I kind of see Ipswich. I, I said they finished about sixth, but the reason I finished. The reason I think they'll finish about sixth is essentially I think Lambert won't outstay the season. I think he'll be gone pretty early. I don't think. I mean, I'm looking. Ollie Hawkins, I 100% agree with you on that. He was, I think, it was a checker trade. He was an absolute monster. He absolutely bossed our defence, changed the game. I think he came on at half time. Obviously, he scored the winning penalty, but penalties are penalties. But he, I don't think he'll score many goals. Don't get me wrong, but I think he'll he'll cause a lot of problems. Yeah, it just yeah, causes he's... havoc. There's just something about him. He's he's obviously wily at this level as well. He knows what he's doing. He's a bit he's a bit annoying for a centre half. He's he's not easily handled, and he's huge. He's absolutely enormous. So maybe yeah, he reminds me like Matt Elliott slightly. In, I mean, he's nowhere yeah. near as good, but uh, in terms of the fact he can play centre back, or they just you know, he's he's actually a striker, isn't he? Let's be honest. But he can play centre back as well. You know, versatility could, can be useful. You think Lambert will last the season? Do you think he can turn it around, or do you think it's going to be a case of? he'll be gone early because I think he'll be gone early if I'm honest I don't know I think the owner giving him a five-year deal suggests he won't I think the owner seems quite pleased and, and set on keeping him um, so I'd be surprised if he went I wouldn't you know I, I doubt his contract um, isn't without a, a sort of a get-out clause which you know probably you know if you if you if you don't do well we can pay you one year's compensation and off you go so it's yeah, you know, may as well, like I say, those contracts may as well be one-year rolling contracts with those clauses in because the five-year contract means nothing if it's got a get-out clause in it. So I don't know. I'd be surprised if the owner is backing with a five-year deal if he didn't show him some patience and let him build, but we'll see. Yeah, and you know, like you say as well, they still have a good team on paper, don't they? Um, yeah, definitely. They've brought in Stephen Ward as well from Stoke. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad sign-in. I know he's not the right side of 30 at all, but... I think having a bit of experience, a bit of nastiness, like someone like Stephen Ward and Ollie Hawkins could make a bit of difference because they were a bit they were a bit nice last year when we played against them. Um, we played against them when they were flying and we played against them when they weren't. Both times they played nice football, but like they weren't they weren't League One ready, if that made sense. They didn't look League One experienced, which obviously they aren't. They just looked a bit too nice. So having some experience, someone that can be a bit wily at this level could make a host of it could make a huge difference, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know what his fitness will be like. We've seen uh, veterans come down before. Um, Liam Ridgewell going to yeah. going to Southend last season. I don't think he played a game actually. So it, no. it does depend very much on on the individual player. But um, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think he's he's not a bad signing. No, not at all. Um, next up, Lincoln, um, who I actually expected more of last year, but then obviously Cowley going made such a huge difference. But I think. I think Appleton is a good manager. He's also the hugest man I've ever seen in my life. He's massive. They've recruited a lot. Um, there's a lot of players that they've brought in. I think the one that stands out for me, not just because of his Sunderland connections, is Bridcup. I think he's excellent at this level, to be honest. Even got it centre-half for Bolton sometimes last year. And I think they have a good team anyway for Lincoln. Um, I think first full season for Appleton, uh, yeah, I think they could 
I think they could do all right, at least top 10. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely agree with you. I'm a huge fan of Michael Appleton, obviously, Oxford bias here, but you know, he, he's a great coach. Um, his recruitment was second to none at Oxford. He signed some of the best players that we've had at the club probably since the sort of John Aldridge era. Um, we've, I mean, the fact that a lot of them are, are playing at a higher level now, the likes of Kimar Roof, John Lundstrom, um, yes, yes, probably those more Baldock we had as well, of course. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of good players in that team that he brought through or signed and sold for for profit, and and that's what he does. He, he's great in the transfer market, and you you look at the players that he's brought in. Lewis Monsma, technically gifted centre back, um, the club only saw him on video scouting and and decided to take the plunge on him. I think that's a that's a well well taken risk. Uh, Liam Bridcott, like you say, is, is probably going to be very very important player. In this team, um, Adam Jackson's a good pickup from Hibs, obviously the ex-Barnsley player. Joe Walsh, experienced defender at this level. So, uh, but the, the one I'm really intrigued about is Callum Morton. Loved him at Northampton last season. Yeah, um, what he gives you in energy and off the ball prowess. Um, whether or not he'll score, I don't know, but he, he will certainly give absolutely everything. Um, huge promise from him. Theo Archibald is another intriguing signing, but. You know, it's Appleton that I like, and I think um, he'll get them playing good football. They'll surprise a few people, and I think they'll finish higher up than some people are currently predicting. So, but time will tell. Yeah, I think really well run club as well. Uh, we went there last year, which was actually Jack Ross's last game, but um, good crowd that really, really get behind them. Actually, probably the best atmosphere I was at last year in League One. And I think the club itself seems to be really well set up. I think they've got. Um, some really good supporters groups. It's a nice day out. We're also like, they really get behind the team and that can make such a huge difference at this level, can't it? Such a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, they'll miss them um, during lockdown and, and sorry, during the, the period of not having no fans in. So, yeah, um, whether or not that will transpire on the pitch is a disadvantage, to, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Lincoln's a great club. The, I've, I've, you know, I've had a soft spot for them since the Keith Alexander years, really. And, um, God rest his soul. And I think uh, with with the appointment of Appleton, I know that he's well liked. I mean, Bristol City were taking an interest in him this summer. So um, yes, I think uh, I think I'm sold on them. I think I'll do very well. Yeah, yeah, same exactly. Um, MK Don's interesting one because I was I didn't expect Russell Martin to do anything. If I'm honest with you, and I don't know if that's just because of. Maybe what I said before with, with Burton, I think I was just looking at an experience and I looked at a team in, in relegation trouble, but Russell Martin got them playing really good football. They've got a really good way of playing uh, with a big turnaround under Martin. I think they could push mid-table this year. I'm, I'm less infused. I think the, the loss of uh, Reese Healy and Alex Gilby is is massive. Well, that is true, uh, yeah. Uh, I think for that reason, I'd say if they can stay up, they've done well. Um I think in our predictions, we had them finishing bottom four because, you know, you've lost your best midfielder. You've lost Conor Grandles, who's probably a second best midfielder. Uh, Conor Grandles gone to Lincoln, of course. And Reece Healy, your, your on-fire top scorer, wanted to lose. So, and also there's, there's a little sign that the club probably financially um, having, you know, COVID having a bigger impact on them because the owner's business is all stadium events, which have all been cancelled. And, and that's very, very difficult. Um, to, to sort of cope with if, if you have an owner whose core businesses are struggling then he's not going to be able to um, invest as much in the, in the football and that's why I think uh, Gilbin and Healy were allowed to go so uh, I see a, a bit more struggle this season but 
you know, Russell Martin does, you're right, get them playing good football. It's just whether they've got the strength in depth now and the goals in this side to to stay up and, and do enough to compete. And they haven't spent any money yet. I mean, I think they got about 450000 from Toulouse, didn't they, for, for Reese Healy, which is good money at this level, really. Um, it's not bad. It's not bad. I think it's necessity, really. Um, from what I'm hearing, it's it's something they needed. Um, and, you know, you can't... You know, if, if the club struggle on the pitch this season but survive financially, no, I have no problems with that at all. And I think, yeah. you know, fans should always look at it with... Um, in the context of the era that their team is playing in, you know, let's let's be honest, a lot of teams could struggle. Uh, the can's been kicked down the road with the the advance in payments from the EFL and Sky, you know, but that, that's only an advance. It's not it's not a free loan. So there will be some clubs who suddenly hit financial troubles later on, especially if COVID comes back in any serious way. So, you know, I think the main thing for clubs that feel they might struggle financially is, is to be prudent here. Um, and, and put the club first and, and look at the bigger picture rather than worry too much about you know one season uh, and a potential bit of struggle in the short term. Yeah. With um, with MK Dons as well, do you think that um, Carlton Morris could make the step up and change? Because he looked quite good in like what the the short amount of time we got to see him last year. But I think, I, think, I don't know if he'll be the exact replacement for Healy, but I think he could do quite well. And I think if he got goals, I think that's that's where I was more thinking they could push mid-table. I think that's someone who could score he's, enough he's to get really the goal scorer, Carlton Morris. Um, you know, if you look at his time at Shrewsbury when they reached the playoff final, um, he works extremely hard. He's one of these guys who runs the line well, gets in the channels, works hard. Uh, and, you know, he, he was more of a foil for Stefan Payne during that season um, mm. with, with Shrewsbury. And again, last season, you know, he, when he came in, he he did look quite good. And I think he, he he will do well, but he's not the natural finisher or has not been at, to this point in his career that Reece Healy was. So um, I don't necessarily see him scoring a lot of goals, but that could change. You know, he's still young uh, and it's a good signing. It is a good signing. What's your thoughts on the signing of uh, Richard Keogh? <laughs> it's a risk. I mean, we don't know yeah. his fitness levels. I mean... I think uh, the way Derby treated him was a disgrace, frankly, but I won't go into that in this podcast. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? But I mean, yeah, he's he's not young and he's coming back from a serious injury. So I think that cap your expectations a little bit on this one and see how he does. You know, obviously he knows Russell quite well. So that's why he's been brought in and that experience will, you know, can't be, can't be sniffed at. Um, it's just how much, how many minutes you get out of him across a, a very condensed campaign. I have to wait and see. Yeah. Next up's uh, Northampton. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm worried about Northampton. They've lost, I think, 13 players have left in total. There's nothing there that I see that I think could keep them up. But I could be wrong. You know, I didn't watch them as much as, as, as maybe you did last year. But what's your thoughts on Northampton? Do you think they'll struggle? Yeah, absolutely think they'll struggle. And, you know, this is where they they do a Wickham and, and shock us all because they play a very <laughs> sort of they play a very direct style um, and Keith Kell will do that but uh, yeah you're right they lost Vidane Oliver obviously a very key player Callum yeah. Morton a very key player in the playoffs and Charlie Good probably their best player so difficult uh, players to replace uh, Sian Bolger will come in and do an excellent job at the back Fraser Horsfall Mackles fans are a bit shocked that he's made the transition to League One um, I thought he was a good League Two defender um, he's physical enough Technically, he's probably not to the level you'd expect uh, for for League One, but that could that could change. Joseph Mills coming from Forest Green after a really good season, um, and then you know some other signings that you know could be hit and miss really. And I think Keith Kerr will be looking at, at 
imposing his style on League One defences and hoping that they can win enough points that way. But yeah, like you, I do have concerns because you know they've lost some very important players um, in in the same summer, and that's always difficult to replace. Yeah, no, I think um, it's just the sheer volume of players that they've lost and the, the important ones that they've lost as well. I just think they would have been up against it anyway with them. I think looking at them now without them, I, I've kind of tipped them to finish the bottom of the pile. But yeah, they're going to do a Wickham now that I've said that, aren't they? Well, they, I mean, no, exactly. You can't. The great thing about this level of football is that you really don't know what to expect. Um, and no. But I, I, like I say, on paper, you'd expect them to struggle, but you never know. Yeah. Next club, obviously, Oxford, a club in the world. Um, I, I think they'll do really well. I know Rob Dickey's gone, but I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be there or thereabouts again, if not in the top two. How are you feeling, though, from a, an Oxford perspective? Yeah, very positive. Very, very positive. I think um, Rob Dickey going, I know Robbie well, and I knew he was leaving, but... Um, QPR was not the destination that I'd heard, but there you go. I think um, he'll go there and play with Mark Warburton in a, in a footballing side and do really, really well. Uh, but we do have Rob Atkinson, who uh, comes in, I think, as the most obvious replacement and a player that looks like he could slot in seamlessly. Uh, time will tell on that. But we've kept the bulk of our squad. I think that's important. We've kept the bulk of our squad. We've signed Marcus McGuane in from Knott's Forest, who's an excellent midfielder. Liam Kelly's come back on loan from Feyenoord. Uh, Sean Clare... Is a, is a big upgrade at right back um, and I think he is a, is a very talented player uh, unknown Joel Cooper if he does anything like Gavin White did uh, signing from the League of Ireland then we'll, we'll be quids in and love it and, and Matty Taylor probably the most important signing seeing him come back and, and hopefully score lots of goals to get us up, uh, up challenging in the playoffs again yeah, and I mean, you look at the players that have left and that have gone, I don't think... I mean, Jimmy Mackey's retired now, hasn't he? Jimmy Mackey had a good season last season and he definitely has his, his benefits, but I think you've got more than enough to cover that, especially with Taylor. Taylor's the main man, isn't he? Yeah, Taylor's our main man, definitely, for goals. I mean, um, you know, I think uh, I think without him, I'd be, I'd be a bit worried, but, you know, he's an Oxford fan, so there was always a good chance that he'd come back and end his career with us and I expect him to do really well next season. Yeah. Uh, next club is a club that I personally think will win the league this year, although they do always seem to bottle it for some reason. Um, <laughs> Peterborough, uh, the, the simple, the, the simple thing about them is they've signed well again. They've they've lost a big player, but they've replaced him. They've got a good side there anyway, and a lot of people speak about Marcus Madison. And obviously, he's gone and he went in January to Hull, but they played better without Madison. Really, I think statistically, um, for me, uh, I think Peterborough is going to win the league. Am I? Am I right with that? Or am I wrong? Well, obviously we won't know until uh, <laughs> the season ends. But in terms of your theory and your thinking, I agree with you 100%. I mean, this is a side that should be um, challenging for, for automatic promotion and in, indeed the title at, at this level. You know, yeah. they've got an excellent squad of players, a stable squad of players. They've improved, I think, overall. Uh, yes, they've lost Ivan Tony, but they've signed Johnson Clark Harris. So, you, you know, if you want a replacement for him at this level, you can't get much better than that. Yeah. Brian Broom has come in uh, from Cheltenham, who's a um, superb player for Cheltenham in the last couple of seasons. Reese Brown uh, comes back on loan from Huddersfield. Strength, depth, attacking options. You know, I think Sariki Dembele is, is a brilliant player. You've got um, Moisa, who, again, he's a, a natural finisher. Yeah, it's, it's just so much to like about this team. Um, yeah. 
that if they didn't make a, a challenge for the automatics, I think they may have, you know, I think their chairman was quite right that they had an excellent chance of automatic promotion last year. Um, then it would be, I think, a failed season. I mean, you wouldn't expect to see this side if we have the full full year, full set of fixtures. If they finish outside the top six, it's a, it's a big failed season for me. Yeah, huge. I think even, like you said before, I think they're probably the team that is to feel the most aggrieved about what happened because I think they would have... I think they would have been there or thereabouts. I think they could have even pushed for automatics because they're just the I think they'd have got it. I think if you look at their schedule, if you look at their run the running, they had a very favorable run in. And obviously it's too simplistic to say, oh, they would have beaten the teams in the lower half of the table. But you know, you can only you can only surmise that that is the more likely outcome. And yeah. so you can see why they were so upset about not being allowed to finish the finish the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people pinpointed uh, sort of my opinion on that and the way that it ended not being right, being a Sunderland fan, it very much wasn't. I think it was Peterborough that was the harshest done by because they're, they're running in comparison to, say, like Rotherham, because Rotherham's running was really difficult. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was Peterborough rather than Rotherham if the world was normal and COVID didn't exist. But I think they'll do it this year. Um, I think they've got the best squad in the division in the, on paper. But again, football's not one on paper. But I, I, if I was to make a prediction, I think they'll win the league. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the EFL didn't do, um, you know, the sensible thing and have the playoffs structured like the National League ones and allow Sunderland and Peterborough to compete, given the fact that they both like within three points of the automatic places when the season ended. That would have been logical um, and the most fair. But you know, it's the EFL, isn't it? So, <laughs> Logic doesn't always exist. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, the next team, Plymouth, great manager. Uh, they've got a good keeper. They've lost, obviously, a few important players, but I think they'll be all right, Plymouth. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Agree with you. Ryan Lowe is the reason I think they'll be all right. I think they play an attacking style of football um, that is, you know, it's 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 successful. Um, if you play good football, if you play technically good football in League Two, you tend to do well in League One. It's, um, it's a trend that we're seeing more and more often. And I think actually we'll see it be the way of... of clubs going forward I think the sort of kick and rush style that we got you know a few maybe a decade ago which was was the, the way you got out of the fourth tier that's disappearing teams like Crew, Swindon and Plymouth are playing lovely football and they're, they're reaping the, the benefits of that and it's proving that if you if you do put together a technically gifted group of players even at the lowest level of this uh, the, this sort of the professional football pyramid you can you can then get promoted and be almost straight away ready for the division above. And we saw it with Luton and I think we'll see it with Plymouth. I don't expect them to be a team that will make a playoff push necessarily, but you know, they should be one of those sides that have no fears of relegation. They've got a good squad. Uh, George Cooper's come back. They've still got likes of Danny Mayer. Um, I'd like to see them strengthen at the back because I think their defence is slightly vulnerable. Um, at a high level. And they at, at times they they looked a little bit weak in League Two last season, um, but everywhere else they look they look pretty strong. Yeah, another team that obviously I think will do really well um, and have probably underachieved for a while is Portsmouth. But really good team. Obviously they've lost Burgess. Um, Watmore's back. Marquis I think is still one of the better defenders and uh, the strongest in the league. Sorry, Ronan Curtis is superb. I love to hate him, but he's superb. Um, my biggest worry for, for Portsmouth is have they gone a little bit stale under Kenny Jacket? Well, that's the argument the fans are putting forward, isn't it? I think the <laughs> Portsmouth fans are saying, and I don't agree with them one bit, but then I'm not a Portsmouth fan, so do I have the right to say that? Um, it's just an opinion, really. But I think he has got the right mentality, the right experience, and the know-how to get them promoted. And I think if you look at their form, apart from the slow start they made, they, they 
you know, they should have been a team challenging for the automatics. And when Oxford played them in the playoffs, you know, it went to penalties. You know, they were they were by no means a bad team, um, and and would probably have felt that they should have had a lead going into the second leg in that game. So, um, I think if you stick with him, he will he will get the results. And I don't think Cameron, uh, Christian Burgess is actually that big a loss. I mean, yes, he's a big defender and solid, but. You know, he was always a bit erratic at times and they've got Sean Raggett back, um, you know, and I think uh, Watmore, if he can stay fit, they've got a better defender, um, probably the best defender in the club is Watmore, if he can yeah. keep himself fit. So I don't have many concerns and just, you know, just play Marquez up front. That's the only thing I'd say to Kenny Jackett. Don't play him deep. Don't play him as an attacking midfield. Play him up front and, and he will score goals at this level. He's an out-and-out striker. Um, and I think, there are reasons for Pompey fans to be frustrated, but you know, in the end, Kenny Jackett always seems to deliver, and so I'd have faith in him to 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 do to do well this season. But we'll you know, again, it's it's all it's all very up in the air. Um, it, I think whoever copes best with the condensed schedule and keeps injury free, they'll they'll be the teams that in the end um, get into the into the promotion places, and and that will be very important. Yeah. Uh, next club is a club that I'm, I'm really worried for uh, for a couple of reasons really I think first and foremost with Rochdale they were the worst side that I've seen at the stadium like last year they were awful um, from minute one to minute 19 it was just across the whole field but then they've had Henderson for a few years who seem to have kept their head above water and I know they have this way of playing they have this style that they want to implement it didn't necessarily seem to work past the first month of last season um, now they don't have a striker in my opinion that can score as many goals as Henderson I think they're going to go down what, what's your thoughts? Yeah 100% agree um, and I, although you know the Rochdale fans will be hoping that they can do enough to keep their head above water I think for the club they made the sensible decision of we won't offer anyone a new contract we'll make sure that we're financially secure and stable and if it means struggling again in the short term, it's better to do that than um, try and do too much. I mean, they have been trying to sign Stephen Humphreys from uh, South End, so they, they might have got into a position now where they, they're okay and they, they think they can improve the squad. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see they uh, being the team that does a little bit more business before the October window shuts. And in that case, they might be able to bring in players that can, can help them. But they, on paper, have a fairly weak side um, and uh, for the size of club, you know, you'd all expect them to, to struggle anyway. Alex Newby is actually a good signing from Chorley. Um, a lot of clubs were looking at him. So that's that's not a bad bit of business, but you're right. Ian Henderson's goals, with those gone, that's a, a season of struggle ahead, I think, for Rochdale. is is universally something that most pundits agree about at this level. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And again, you know, you're a good little club. Being there a couple of times, I really hope that they do prove me wrong, but just losing Henderson when they weren't, they were barely keeping their head above water with Henderson makes me a little bit worried. And also a strange decision for them to get rid of Henderson because they just didn't offer him a contract, did they? No, I think, again, like I say, I think they were putting um, the club ahead of, of of sort of the heart there and thought, as much as we'd like to keep him, let's just, you know, he's probably one of their best earners. So in the end, um, they made the decision to be financially prudent rather than take any risks. And that's probably probably the right move. Yeah, in, in this day and age, yeah, absolutely, you might be right. Um, Shrewsbury next up, really good side, really strong squad, but I don't think Sam Rickards is getting the best out of it. Um, he's had more than enough time, it seems, now as well. I think he's been there 18 months, approximately. 
they could surprise people because they have got a strong squad. I think Aaron Pierre's great. But what's, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, I heard a, a good interview with him done by the Southcast lads actually in pre-season. I, yeah, I'd recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a great interview. And so he's he's committed to, to changing the style this season. And in fact, if you look at their cup result against Middlesbrough, they did play like a 4-3-3 with a narrow three up front. Yeah. Um, Reckill Pike scored a goal. Scott High looked pretty good in, in that midfield area. Um, obviously, he's coming from Huddersfield. And Marlon Fossey looks like he could be a, a really a sort of good option to, to give um, Donald Love a bit of competition at right back. So I like what they've done. And I think it, my big reservations like you is like Ricketts' style of football was so tedious last season. They didn't score many goals and they created, apart from the bottom three, I think, the least chances. So there was a lot of question marks over that. But he's, he, I think he thinks they've got enough base now to build on and, and change the style to go more attacking. So this could be quite an exciting season. The three goals they scored a bit against Middlesbrough, um, you know, credit to them for that. And hopefully if they do adopt that style of football, um, sort of most people's predictions, I think we had them 18th or something, you know, I think that might be a bit conservative and they could do a, a lot better. I'd like to see them sign, you know, one more out and out striker, to be honest, because yeah. um, that's probably the area they're, they're weakest, but everywhere else. I mean, they've, you know, he's got, still got Sean Morley who, if you watch them in this sort of um, playoff season at 17, 18, he was great. So they've got some, some really good players. It's just, do you trust Ricketts to, to deliver his promise of attacking football? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think they've got such promise as well, Shrewsbury. Like when you look through the team, it's a, it's a solid side at this level. It's really good. Um, I just feel like they've underachieved for so long. So yeah, maybe it'll be better for maybe the Southcast boys to, to answer this, but I'm uh, from a distance on the fence with, with Ricketts because I think we should be doing better. But talking about clubs that should be doing better, um, next on the list is, is Sunderland. Strong squad, but... Uh, my opinion, we're, we're pending hopes on three strikers that so far in their Sunderland careers haven't guaranteed goals. We've signed Bailey Wright, uh, but obviously he was there last year. Uh, Aidan O'Brien's a good signing, but I still think you need more. But I'm very biased. You always want more as a Sunderland fan and you always want better for your own club. So I'll maybe ask you what your thoughts are on Sunderland from a completely neutral perspective. Yeah, I think everyone thinks that they should be doing better given the resources and, and the playing squad available to them. Um, I don't think the performance against Hull was bad despite the result. I think, you know, he should have won the game actually. Um, yeah, yeah, true. And I do think Will Grigg, you know, he had a couple of, scored a couple of goals both offside, uh, maybe slightly debatably as well uh, against Hull. So if he can improve, and I think he he might do this season, then you've always got a chance. But it's again, it's a case of, do you trust uh, sort of, I think it's the off the field distractions that have been as damaging as anything really at Sunderland. You know, there's, there's certainly not a great mood around the club with Stuart Donald um, sort of openly trying to, to sell it and all this, you know, I mean, I won't go into all in here, but there's been a lot of shenanigans, hasn't there? And there's been a lot of discontent amongst the supporters. So, but as a, a, a club like Sunderland should be in league one. I mean, that's no disrespect to the division, but you know, this is a club with massive potential, massive fan base, um, that's just been really badly mismanaged for a number of seasons. And it, and it just is a warning, actually, to a number of other big clubs that have owners that aren't prudent in their in their transfer business. And I think recruitment is so important. If you get mercenaries turning up who don't care about the, the, the club they're joining, uh, we saw it with Stoke. It, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. So, But I would expect a good season. If you don't finish in the playoffs, you should be disappointed. Um I'd hope he plays a bit more of an attacking style, and I think uh, I think you know Bailey Wright's going to be a very important player for you. Keep him yeah. fit, and you've you've got an excellent defender there. 
um, and you should finish. Yeah, so and give Jack Diamond a chance as well. I mean, he he's an excellent player. Um, yeah, you know, can play left wing back. Give Denver Hume a bit of um, a bit of run for his money. So a bit of depth there. Yeah, there's a few young lads coming through in, in uh, Diamond and also with Dan Neal as well. So good in pre-season. He was on the bench on, on Saturday and they reckon he's going to be playing in the the EFL Trophy game uh, against Aston Villa under 21. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the young lads can actually be the, the missing piece of the puzzle. But I think for me, it's if Will Grigg turns up and Will Grigg is the Will Grigg we thought we'd signed, it's going to be a very different season. But if not, I think that's where we struggled the past few years, isn't it? We just haven't had someone since Major left that can bang in 20 goals a season. Yeah, play to his strengths and he'll deliver. And I think that's something that you've not been able to do thus far. But yeah, you know, let's hope it's this year. Eh? Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Swindon's next up. Uh, they've lost. They've got a good team. I think obviously Doughty's good. Dion Conroy's really good. But they've lost a lot as well. Um, obviously Doyle, Yates. They've lost a lot of the... I think they scored 44 goals between them. Uh, Yates, Doyle and Anderson last year. So I think they'll stay up, but barely. Um, do you agree with that? Or do you think they're going to be in for a tough campaign? I don't think they'll... I, think, I don't think they'll struggle. I think... Um, I don't think they'll struggle because they've only got... Uh, they've only... You know, they've got a manager in, in Richard Wentz who plays great style of football. Um, and they've signed Johnny Smith, who's you know far too good for League Two, to be honest, on loan from uh, on loan from Bristol City. He was at Oldham last year. Brett Pittman's come in, who will maybe be able to take the uh, the sort of Owen Doyle mantle. Um, and they're technically a pretty good team. So I wouldn't expect them to struggle too much. I think there's a big question mark over, you know, losing as many key players as they have is going to be detrimental to them um, yeah. for the coming season. But if you know Richie Wellens and you like the football he plays, then you know a, a, a season of progress in mid-table would be good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think I do worry because the players that they've lost. But again, it's, it's it's this league, isn't it? They could finish top or finish bottom. Neither of it would surprise you enough to beat you a bit in a way. I think, but I do worry a little bit because of the players that they've lost. And um, the team I really, really worry for is Wigan. Uh, it feels very. It feels very Bolton-esque, doesn't it? They're going to at least want to consolidate, but there's rumours going around that they're going to have to play a lot of young boys come start the season. Obviously, they've lost a really, really good manager. Um, yeah, yeah, they've signed Viv Solomon, Nottebor and Dan Gardner, so there's some, there's some positive signs there. There's um, some, yeah. I just think, like you, it's it's all about... I mean, they need to avoid that 15-point additional penalty because, of course, that's if you don't pay your football creditors or commit to paying them at least 25% in... The pound uh, before the start of the season, then uh, then you'll be subject to a fifteen point penalty. So that's the danger for this season before it's even started. But I think just I think Wigan fans will just want this to be all over and that they'll have a team to support regardless of how well they do. Yeah, it's getting to that point, isn't it? The same with Bolton last year. I think Bolton the fans even seen their team getting beat five one six nil. They were just at least there was fans there. Uh, that could watch the, their team and, and have a club. I think that's what it was all about. And obviously, Bolton did go down, but I think they were in a, a far more positive frame of mind going into this season than they were last season. And I think Wigan probably will just hope they're going to be similar to what Bolton were this year, next year. Um, but I, I wish them all luck. I think it's awful what's happened to them. I don't think it's deserved. I think that's the fact yeah, that it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, we all need as fans to unite against the sort of. Seeing the change we need, because yeah. this could be one bad, one bad owner, it could be anyone's club. So let's, oh, you know, let's hope that we can get out of the trouble they're in. Absolutely. Um, and last but not least, it's one of my favourite clubs um, for many reasons. Uh, 
good friends with Ivor Heller, who's obviously was part of the the start of AFC Wimbledon. So I always want to see them do well. But um, they've lost a, a lot of players. New stadium, obviously, fans aren't going to be able to get in there. Um, I think there'll be a bit of optimism. I think with obviously the the new era, so to speak, before possibly falling away just due to the the quality in the squads, maybe not as high as some of the clubs, but this should be all right. AFC Wimbledon, but not everyone agrees with me on that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so Wimbledon, I think, like I say, it's an interesting team because they're moving back to Plough Lane. So that's this huge thing. And it's such a shame that they're not doing it with fans there. I do think they'll struggle. Uh, I think if they can stay up this season, it will be um, it'll be a, a very good season for them, to be honest. Alex Woodrow and Oli Palmer coming in. I mean, if you're basing your, your attack on Oli Palmer, I'm not convinced he's going to be able to score the goals you need to, to stay up. But um, they do have... They do have a very good dressing room. They have a good coach um, in Glenn Hodges. So there's enough there to suggest that they can compete. It's just whether or not, you know, they can be the right side of the relegation line like they tend to be each season. I'm going to back them to stay up. I think they will do it. Um, it's great to see them move back to to Merton, back to their their spiritual home. And, and that will be the story of the season. And I just hope on the pitch that they can they can match it and, and produce positive results to be honest. Yeah, same. James, uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, and previewing the season. Obviously, someone with a vast amount of knowledge on this division, much more than I have. So uh, thanks for your input. And uh, let's look forward to getting fans back in the stadium as soon as possible and safely, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. No problem, mate. Thank you. 